0: Conversations with new clients often start with them saying, we're wasting money on PPC and we don't know why. And this was the case for a B2B SaaS client of ours that sells fitness business software. Now, when they came to us, they were spending 180% of their PPC ad budget, almost double the amount they budgeted. And they couldn't figure out why. They'd been working with an agency who just set it and, well, forgot it. Now, with their Google ads, they were running outdated bidding strategies and wasting a significant amount of money displaying prospecting ads to existing customers. Meanwhile, on Facebook, they structured their campaigns based on audiences rather than objectives, an approach more common in e-commerce, indicating that their agency wasn't really familiar with the best practices for B2B SaaS marketing. And we found a ton of campaigns left running that weren't producing any conversions at all. These are fundamental mistakes and they will limit any SaaS business from achieving budget efficiency in their paid ads. And yet we see these errors made all the time. By fixing these problems, we cut their spending by 30% in the first two months while maintaining conversions and increasing lead quality too. In this episode, you'll learn more about the mistakes that they made with their Google and Facebook ads, which can help you spot the sources of inefficiency in your own paid ad efforts. The specific changes that we made to their Google ads, like creating exclusion audiences, which reduce spend by 23% from January to March. And also, why restructuring their Facebook campaigns to focus on objectives versus audiences reduce spend by 36% in the same period. I'm Mark Thomas, I'm the head of growth at Powered by Search, And today I'm gonna talk you through some of the best knowledge that we have on building B2B SaaS businesses. Now if any of this is interesting to you and you wanna read more, you should go to our website, it's poweredbysearch.com, and check us out there. Now we found four areas of inefficiency in our clients' Google Ads that led to overspending. Number one including display and search partners in their targeting for inbound search. Number two, inconsistent, scattered geo-targeting. Number three, using manual bidding with enhanced cost per click and max conversions when there was sufficient data to use smart bidding. And number four, wasting spend on existing customers by not having an excluded audiences list. But before we cover the steps that we took to fix them, let's look at each and why they were the source of their wasted ad spend. One of the options available when advertising through Google is to run ads to search partners. That's websites in Google search network that extend the reach of your ads to non-Google websites as well as YouTube and Google owned sites. Now these can be useful when you need to create more volume and awareness for a unique product, or you have more budget than you're spending and you wanna reach additional people. But the downside of using this setting in search and display ads is that you have very little control over who can see your ads. And this was causing our clients' ads to appear in front of poor fit prospects who had no use for their product. For example, their ads appeared on sites that were totally irrelevant to the kind of software they were selling, such as dating apps like Tinder, Meet For You, Sexy Girl Chats, and more. Also apps for coloring and games. I mean, your customers don't wanna be bothered when they're taking a break to play a game, right? And then various websites with sensitive, offensive, or polarized political content. Those are places you probably don't want your product to be shown. Just a note here, this tactic can and does work for some clients, but in this instance, it was depleting ad spend with no discernible ROI. Now let's talk about geo-targeting. Every company has a primary region that they target their advertising to. Generally speaking, most companies start by targeting North America as a whole. When combined, the US and Canada have the highest consumer search volume in the world, Most of our clients' ideal customers are US-based, but their settings were configured to display ads to people in a hodgepodge of locations, making it hard to get a full picture of what locations were actually working. Specifically, their settings were set up where some campaigns were targeting people in or looking for versus people in. Now, this allows Google to show ads to anyone in the world versus people in just their targeted locations. Google recommends the setting, But in most cases, we recommend exclusively using the people in setting. The third thing is that we noticed that they primarily used enhanced CPC, cost per click, and max conversions. Now these settings are fine when you're just starting because you likely don't have that much conversion data yet. Relying on data from hordes of other sources that Google's collected is one way to get your campaigns off the ground. But once you have more insight on what's generating conversions from your advertising, like our client did, it's better to shift over to smart bidding. This is an approach that uses machine learning to optimize for conversions or conversion value in each auction. Smart bidding allows you to make decisions based on data that's unique to you rather than the aggregate of other advertisers. And then finally, it's common for users of software products to open up a web browser and search for the login or support page. For example, users will search for your brand plus login or your brand plus support as a way to quickly navigate to those pages. Especially for established companies, it's essential to use negative keywords. That's keywords that you don't want your ads to show up for. And also audience exclusions. So again, groups of people who you don't want to show ads to. And you have to do this to avoid wasting ad spend on current customers. Now this company already has 7,500 gyms that use their software. By not using negative keywords and audience exclusions, their previous agency wasted a significant amount of budget displaying ads and paying for clicks from their existing customer base. Now, this was severely impacting the efficiency of their campaign budget and conversion performance. And fixing it, it was one of the biggest contributors to improving performance overall. So those are the problems. Now let's talk about what we did to reduce their Google ad spend by 23%. We started by uploading exclusion audiences usually when we start working with a new client they have a general idea of the audiences that they'd like to target but they rarely think about the audiences that their ads shouldn't target now creating exclusion audiences is one of the critical ways that you can get your ad spending under control to do this for our client we turn to their crm they manage relationships with their prospects and customers through salesforce Because Salesforce allows us to see who's logging into their platform, we were able to create exclusion audiences based on their active users. Creating this was an essential step to prevent wasting ad budget on their existing customers. And the other was adding in negative keyword lists. Just like exclusion audiences, many companies come to us without having much of a negative keyword list, which frankly can be the difference between running profitable and unprofitable ad campaigns. Telling Google which keywords not to target is another key tactic for not wasting budget. We use an extensive list of hundreds of negative keywords, many of which are specific to B2B SaaS. This list includes terms that help avoid showing ads to people searching for things like brand plus login or brand plus support, as we mentioned earlier. There are several advantages to using negative keyword lists. For example, they can help your ads rank higher on Google. They can improve your quality scores and click-through rates, and they can set you on a path to a lower cost per lead and cost per acquisition. The third thing that we did was to pause ads to low-performing keywords. Now, there were many instances of our client wasting budget on keywords that weren't getting impressions, clicks, or conversions. For example, one keyword, martial arts attendance tracker, seemed like a keyword that they should target. But when we looked at the data, we noticed that it had a lower than average click-through rate. In fact, their average CTR was 6.07%, while this one, it was below 3%. To further reduce wasted ad spend, we paused ads to certain keywords that weren't performing well. That led to overall improved conversion rates from narrowing in on keywords that were actually generating clicks and conversions. And now, their average CTR is 15.7% versus how they started at 6.07, which is pretty wild. And then the fourth thing was that we turned off broad match keywords. Now, Google's broad match keyword setting allows you to show your ads to anyone searching for the specific keyword that you're targeting, variations of that keyword, and also related topics. Now, Google will argue in favor of using broad match, but doing so often leads to your ad showing up for generic searches that are irrelevant to your business. Plus, they place you in an unwanted competition with other advertisers, and that obviously drives up your cost per click. Now running ads to broad match keywords is only useful when you have a robust negative keyword list. By removing broad match keywords and replacing them with phrase match, we were able to have more control over the search terms that our ads were being shown for, and therefore decreasing ad spend on irrelevant search terms overall. And then finally with Google Ads, we fixed geo-targeting. So to focus on the highest quality audiences and optimize for conversions versus impressions, we changed geo-targeting settings to focus solely on North America. Combined, these updates led to 23% reduction in their Google ad spend in just two months, 11.5% increase in goal conversions, and 185% increase in conversion rate. So that's Google ads, but also they were running ads on Facebook. So let's take a look at what we saw going wrong with Facebook ads. How did Hib Amin go from this. The investors wanted to put all of their investments on pause and we ended up having to lay off half of the team. To this. This past year we've doubled our signup numbers every week. We've tripled our MRR and we're in a good spot now. We're hiring across all of our teams. Listen to episode one of Inflection Point to find out more or look in the show notes for a direct link. There were two core issues that we found with their Facebook ads. One, they were using separate campaigns for each audience they were targeting, and they were wasting budget on campaigns that never converted. Next, we'll break down why each of these led to wasted spend and then walk through how we fixed them. One of the first things that we noticed when we were looking at their ad account was that they had separate campaigns for each audience that they were targeting. So running about 60 campaigns, each with a small daily budget. Now, the problem with this approach is that when campaigns don't have enough budget, they don't receive enough clicks to get out of the learning phase or what Facebook calls learning limited. I'm doing air quotes around learning limited. The implication of this is that campaigns never really collect enough data for Facebook's algorithm to optimize those ads for your conversion goals. Now, when that happens, you aren't able to tell which audiences are performing well and which aren't. This limits you from being able to optimize your ads by switching off poor performers and focusing your budget on audiences that perform well, which leads us to the second issue that we found, wasting budget on ads that never convert. So our client was spending hundreds and sometimes thousands of dollars displaying ads in front of audiences who never converted. Of the 60 campaigns they ran, we found 13 ads that were spending well over their target CPA, around $212, with one spending over $1,100 per demo. And they had 21 ads running with zero conversions. In part, this was influenced by the way that they had structured their campaigns, or rather that their previous agency had structured their campaigns. With many of their ads stuck in the learning phase, it wasn't clear which campaigns had potential and which didn't. However, you could still see that some ad sets were converting, and many weren't. The ones that weren't were simply left to continue wasting spend, and the ones that showed conversions were never really allocated more of the budget. So resolving the issue of wasting budget on campaigns that never converted was absolutely simple for us. We just looked through all of their campaigns, identified which ones had never performed well, and turned them off. most of the work we did centered around restructuring their campaigns though. Now, instead of using separate campaigns for each audience, we consolidated those 60 different audiences into four campaigns based on specific SaaS-focused objectives. One, brand awareness with blog post promotion. Two, prospecting with lead magnet downloads. Three, prospecting with demo offers. And four, remarketing with case studies and demo offers. There are actually several distinct advantages of structuring campaigns this way in B2B SaaS. First and foremost, by dividing their budget into just four campaigns, compared to the 60 that they had previously, each campaign received significantly more budget, and therefore more individual ads were able to receive enough clicks to get out of the learning phase. This gave us the data we needed to see which audiences and ads were performing well and which weren't. We then allocated more budget to the best performing campaigns and continued to switch off those that received few or no conversions, which led to huge increases in efficiency. The other advantage of structuring campaigns this way is that we were able to clearly organize their different offers, so blog post, lead magnet, demo, etc., and pair them with the most appropriate audiences. We refer to this as journey offer fit, which is presenting audiences with the offer that fits where they are in the buyer's journey. For example, we offered blog posts to lookalike audiences in their awareness campaign. We offered lead magnet downloads to lookalike audiences in their prospecting campaigns. We offered case studies to website visitors in their remarketing campaigns. And we offered demos to people who had both visited their website and engaged with the lead magnet. By pairing each audience with the most appropriate offer for their stage in the funnel, we were able to improve the relevance of the ad being shown to the user based on where they were in the funnel, and improve the quality of leads coming in overall. We actually had fewer conversions through Facebook than they had previously, and yet sales for the company had increased by 5% because the leads that did come through had the higher intent to buy. So summing this up here, when we started working with the company, they were paying on average about 700 to $800 to acquire new demos. By the end of our first two months, those figures decreased down to $166.22 on average. To recap, though, on Google, we created exclusion audiences and paused keywords that didn't convert. On Facebook, we consolidated audiences and restructured campaigns around specific objectives. These changes contributed to investing their budget in ways that actually brought them new customers and no longer did they have to worry about wasted ad spend on irrelevant audiences like customers searching for login or support. Making these changes ensured that they were spending on gym owners who needed their software the most. I'll see you next time. So if you enjoyed that today and you want to do something about your B2B SaaS marketing, you should get in touch with us. You can do that by going to poweredbysearch.com and checking out our work with us page or you can browse the case studies and blogs that we have on the site. Now, if you're not ready to do that, definitely say hi anyway. You can ping me on Twitter. I'm at IamMarkThomas. That's Mark with a C. Or you can ping our founder and CEO, Dev Basu, D-E-V-B-A-S-U. Connect with us there. Looking forward to seeing you again for another episode.